Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Chris Black coming to you live from beautiful Dallas, Texas. Jason, check out that weird uh, art piece behind my head. It's a it's a maestro conducting an orchestra. We are in the arts district of Dallas, um, so I think that's the reason for have these you, choices. Have you seen the movie Tar? It's very similar to Tar. It's very Tar. It it's is a black yeah. and white image it, of a blonde woman conducting. I think that this probably predated Tar. Is there a chance that Tar was based on this? photograph i don't want to i don't want to say that because that would be overstepping obviously i'm not an expert i haven't talked to the creator i haven't talked to the stars but it does i thought feel, you were a bit, big into photography I, yeah I am. i'm not big into hollywood but i'm big but i did i told you this i watched a movie yesterday that i loved which is so crazy you're what is going on with you you're getting soft bro you're watching movies what's next i didn't you think i wanted to watch this i was forced to watch you're gonna, it you're gonna eat a steak au poivre what's gonna happen I, next? I actually am going to a french place for lunch uh but no the um <laughs> the i don't get the get the caprese no tomatoes it was just uh it was the, the holdovers with paul and alexander Payne movie starring uh friend of the show paul giamatti Mm-hmm. and um it was just it's just good man the music is good you know i'm a sucker for a coming of age story um that's kind of my kink what's the, what was the music uh a lot of weird like seven stuff i'd never heard of i shazammed a lot of it all like kind of 70s like folk because it's it's based in the 60s mm-hmm. um so maybe 60s actually like folk so not only did you watch a movie you shazammed it multiple times this is a new dawn it's a new day no i, I shazam i shazam everywhere all the time shazam linkedin <laughs> my two favorites oh, those are my two those are my those are my go those are the bro. two most beep apps anyone could ever have <laughs> oh my gosh that's right as a that's dj right. it's like especially one who learned how to play on vinyl you can't be shazamming you like if if you if it's not already in your mental then you just have to like no commit the, what, when you no. put the sword in the stomach as i would a like to, sword, I would like sword to agree. samurai <laughs> i would like to agree with you but i find it i find information gathering fun and if I hear a song I like, yeah, nobody, nobody can, nobody can say that LinkedIn is fun. LinkedIn's the greatest thing that's ever. LinkedIn's amazing because it shows a different, a different kind of personality type that I don't encounter in my daily life. Which, is, which is thirsty for a job, energy. What is the no, energy? No, it's more, it's more like people who should not be allowed to express themselves expressing themselves. Does that make sense? Mm. Like it feels like a safe. It's like Facebook for people who have jobs. Exactly. Exactly. It's a it's a politically it's a politically free Facebook for people with jobs. Oh that's yeah, what politically say. free. That's true. it. Doesn't it doesn't talk about that? But it's it's just you see people who, um, uh, you know, probably work with numbers for a mm-hmm. living. You know, and they're writing they're writing long soliloquies about how to succeed in business. It's just a, it's just pure entertainment, and it's a different kind of person, you know. And I like to be exposed to all kinds of people to know who to hate the most. 
And that's kind of the research keep, that keep I Keep your do. enemies closer type B is what you're saying. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I remember when I was on LinkedIn for like six months and I was like, bro, I have, I cannot be on here anymore. It is just, this is not my people at all. I look at it every day, every day. Whoa. Yeah, it's not my people either. That's the whole fucking point. I mean, you but still like, have Facebook? Oh, definitely. Yeah, but I would rather do that than be part of a, a Discord or something. At least I keep it real. Of course. Of course. Well, Facebook, I just keep for the same reason for, for, you know, absolute looking, you know, voyeurism, if you will. So but, in, in terms of cars, I'm, I'm a whip guy. So this, so Facebook, that's like your old school, you know, it's, it's in the garage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got, you yeah, take yeah, it yes. out. You don't, you don't look at it eight hours a day. It's not your daily driver, like Instagram nah, or Twitter. You drive it on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. You take it out with the family, get a burger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just kind of Twitter, have some Twitter. Fun. That's your cyber truck. You're in that thing morning, noon and night, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Oh, that's the, that's the cyber truck on 24s. <laughs> Bose sound system you know I got a woofer in the back it's not a game when it comes woofer. to that yeah okay the woofer has flooded out and I have killed four children I got, <laughs> I got a flooded woofer okay yeah doctor says I got a flooded woofer I can't I can play tonight but I can't sing <laughs> I'm afraid that my woofer is so, flooded what, ha, have you seen on um on social media the, the rise of Christian nightclubbing? Oh, of course I've seen that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> of course. I mean, I, I all Christian stuff doesn't really surprise me because I feel like anything that comes up, I experience some form of it as a, as a youth or at least the idea of mm -hmm. it. Um, but it is pretty funny. Do you th <laughs> that, that being said, because I, I feel like Christian social events have been happening for decades, but they just, it's sort of a fubu keep it in the congregation kind of thing you don't really see them yeah. doing like outbound that. marketing right no no <laughs> we should we should no call out of our, office at least when we have when we have shows we should call it a congregation um <laughs> yeah it's definitely a fubu situation but it's also like who else would want to go to that shit but because it's not like the christian people to try and make make a buck off of the faith right oh not at all they would never do that they would never pass around a plate and demand that you give 10 percent of your income so if, if no if there's no bottle service unless it's it's holy water or something like that <laughs> or, or is how are they making money because the nightclubs make money off of alcohol and if no alcohol is allowed then you just have to do a private buyout and then charge people like a hundred dollars a ticket no they're probably just do they're probably just writing it up as an l a marketing expense like many corporations do <laughs> to to bring more people in and therefore make more money it seems like a loss leader um i'm not okay. I, you know my my father actually was a was the part of his volunteer work growing up uh was he was the head lead accountant of the church he knows where the bodies are buried he's like i don't talk about that time in my, my my life christopher i'll give him i'll give him a call and just see uh see what he knows about christian nightclubbing who knows maybe he's sneaking out on the weekends and going himself <laughs> i mean it is anything <laughs> anything's possible it is coincidental that it, this is popping up at the end of the fiscal year isn't it like mm. like all of these night i in my history in the nightclub world every every club would always have a toy drive uh -huh. sometime right before the end of the year sneak that in and wouldn't you know we got over eighty five thousand dollars worth of toys <laughs> donated and you're welcome and i will be deducting that from our of course our, our year yeah, to date of course us. no one need no one needs a tax break like dre's you know <laughs> Any, thank you to the hwood group for for kind of actually yeah. all they do nightclubs and the christian church 
It's like best of both worlds. That's like Kanye yeah. and Jay Z coming together in the booth. That's like it's true. What have we been it's doing true. this whole time? We're the two top scammers in the world. Let's combine <laughs> our forces. Honestly, it's true. <laughs> honestly, it's true. Honestly, it's true. Like you can like I mean. I don't know what the, I guess the idea of a Christian nightclub is that you're just going to, to dance with your friends to music that doesn't have curse words or sexual tone overtones. You know, actually, now, now that you bring up music and the fact that you can't do anything sexual, maybe this was from the mastermind of Chance the Rapper. The number one, honestly, Christian ass, yeah, pussy ass rapper. The the blueprint for the Christian wife guy, uh, but in a fitted hat. Mm -hmm. um, he was born again. I think Chance could. The, unfortunately, I, I would like to blame this on Chance, one of the worst of all time. But I think that this feels so distinctly Southern California, and I don't know that for a fact. But it feels like the rise of the scammer fun church is such a distinctly Los Angeles kind of based thing yeah i i guess so there is a tv show called righteous gemstones showcasing how it started in america's south where you're from but if you want to no i mean i mean point the, modern... the, the finger spider-man style at me then yeah no no take shots on my fitted good luck i just mean i just mean i just mean more and california angels yeah we are chosen i just mean that the kind of because of hillsong and the modern that thing feels very mm -hmm. california to everyone let's not forget about mosaic like stuff like that doesn't exist in the south like there's big dumb churches you try that, that i don't think they try that hard because they know they can't do it they don't have <laughs> access to that that amount of fear of god like there's just no there's no we like the good lord we don't care for postmodernism. <laughs> yeah they can't i don't enjoy minimal aesthetics it makes me nervous they're not <laughs> <laughs> can y'all put some on the walls in here i don't know why this looks like kim and kanye's house this is weird and yeah and also in the south like imagine a church having a, a, a an ev charging station that's what i mean Ugh. That's what I mean. That's I'd rather take my chances in hell. You know what I mean? I'd rather dance with the devil. Imagine going to an old school Southern Baptist church and they're teaching a, a kind of a spin class for the for the younger generation. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't it doesn't work. But I do think that the the Christians will do anything they can to save people, you know, to to get them in there, get them dunked, uh, and get them to heaven. And I think that if it takes that two turntables and a microphone, that's okay. When you say get them dunked, you mean Nike SBs on the feet? No, I'm not talking about the pigeons. I'm talking about um, <laughs> being baptized. Okay, copy that. When you're dunked underwater. Just for someone that's like obviously going to hell like you, I, I thought you would know this stuff, but I guess... Oh, I I'm, fam I'm familiar with uh, baptisms. I've seen it on TV and film. I don't know okay, if okay. I... I don't think I was baptized. And if, you if I was, it didn't take, did it? <laughs> you you weren't, and I wasn't either, and that's part of the reason that oh. my fa my family loves me less than my sister. Um, but that's that's fine. We've, we've kind of... <laughs> they went to go put me in the water. They tried to dump me in the birdbath, and I made a hissing sound like a cat. I mean, I'm a known water baby. I do flock to the ocean and feel comfortable there. There, but being held under by like a white guy uh for a few seconds too long to wash away my sins i hadn't sinned that much i was only like 12 you know what, what have i done i haven't done anything yet being held against my will by an older white guy i mean it sounds hot kind of but and it's so wet everywhere <laughs> oh, okay we have a guest today uh <laughs> uh dana brown is the former editor of vanity fair deputy editor of vanity fair um, and he has a book that, that I read recently called Dilettante, True Tales of Excess, Triumph, and Disaster. A uh, fun story kind of about being pulled out from behind the bar by Graydon Carter and thrown into the Condé Nast uh, system. 
and um, all the things that come with that. Uh, but now Dana writes screenplays, et cetera, and he listens to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I think we um, can talk. I know you have a lot of thoughts on power lunching, et cetera, Chris. So I think I want to talk yes, about that. Yes. I want to talk about Dana. Shut the fuck up for one second. Just kidding. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into all of this stuff. I know he spent a lot of time front of house, back of house, expediting. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. he's spent a lot of time doing coke in the dish pit, hopefully. So he also maybe <laughs> wrote a book. We'll see about that too. Let's give him a jingle. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options? Feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same. Fear not because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Say goodbye to swiping left on lackluster meals and swipe right for the one brand that will make your taste buds swoon. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions... Speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, I like to chop myself, or quick microwave meals that are assembled in minutes. Home Chef has you and your entire family covered for delicious meals, witty options per week, and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. I'm keto now. Not only is it convenient, but it is also economical. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries mamma mia for a limited time home chef is offering my listeners our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert faux life at homechef.com slash how long that's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert (laughs) How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly Thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got RAF on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. Uh, sorry for my decor, Dan. I'm in a hotel room in Dallas. This isn't my usual. I, I know you thought this is my house. But, but by the way, I apologize for my decor because I'm in my bedroom because my little desk that looks sort of chic on Zoom is in the front room with big windows and there's a fucking ambulance that goes by like every five minutes. So <laughs> you're, you're getting you're getting bedroom bedroom vibes. Here. That's nice. That's right. No, that's okay. I, 
I want to ask about the TV though. It's looking a little small. I, you I know just... what? Okay, <laughs> it's yes. It's sort of embarrassing. This was a <laughs> hand me down from my brother. This is the bedroom TV, by the way. This isn't the real. I know. TV. I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm, a, I'm mm-hmm. sure you have a 65 inch in the living area. No question. This was a hand me down after the last one fell off the wall and got cracked. <laughs> got cracked. My brother said, "Oh, I have a TV. Do you want?" And so I took it temporarily and it's been there for like five years i mean it's also like ancient like it looks like pixelated when you watch shit on it it's sure sure terrible now but the real question is did the tv fall out of the wall because you shoddily installed it or did a task rabbit fuck that up i think i i fucked it up i should not be trusted with shit like that i'm just no me neither i don't even attempt it i'm terrible jason's a real jason's a real handyman around the house um so i know this you and chris are cut from the same cloth and yeah. that cloth is not available at Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, I, once once in a while I will try to do something and I will fuck it up so badly that it then costs three times more to get it fixed from what I did mm-hmm. because the wall then needs to be fixed. But this was <laughs> yeah, this was like a total disaster. Okay, no, that's okay. Look, we've all been there. We've all made mistakes. But but by the way, that look at that um that bed, that leather sort of square <laughs> pattern is that. That's really awful. Chris, are you wow. staying at a are you staying at an Ian Schrager property? Uh, I don't think Ian Schrager's ever been to uh, Dallas before. Um, no, but but <laughs> but I mean maybe maybe I, yeah. no. I, th- I he might have served prison time. That, in, yeah. No, he was in like he was in Louisiana. Cl- close enough. Close enough. What would I do in Dallas? No, this um yeah. this this design of this hotel is very very interesting, and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I just got here, so I haven't had time to dig in on the choices. Um, but I'll give you guys a full report from the gym. Please. If there's any other kind of uh, you know gathering areas for guests, I, well, it would it would be nice for you to go out and just hate every restaurant you eat at in Dallas because you hate every restaurant <laughs> you eat at for the I most actually, part, which I love about Dana, you. It's by funny the way. you say that because I I think that Jason actually hates more restaurants than me. I well, you know, so um, Jason, I read your Craig's. By the way, Craig's is the worst name for a restaurant. <laughs> In the history of restaurants. And I, I, I don't care that Craig, I can't even say it properly because I just want to say Craig. Um, I know that he's like a figure and was at Dantana's, yeah. but it just, it's, and it's in that sort of corridor of just like where food goes to die. Yeah, that's right. It's not right really known for food over there, but there's great shopping. There's a Byredo, there's there's an Acne, there's the Palace store, of course. There's yeah, yeah, obviously I, the famous Max Field. I'm sure you've gotten several blouses there there's a beautiful the earth cafe has a delicious tomato but don't you think if you're if you're you know carrying around some some acne bags or whatever you get a little hungry after shopping around and you want to eat a decent Mm -hmm. meal and craig's does not sound like the answer (laughs) anyway i thought it was i thought it was a really really funny good review by the way I did. Thank I did you, too. I, I did that. too. If you guys haven't read it yet, check it out on Taste Cooking. Uh, but the um, we we ate there, and both of us were like, I don't even think this is bad. This is just weird. Almost is kind of what I yeah. felt like. Like the food wasn't bad enough to. Eat. It was just weird. You know what it sounds like <laughs> when I first started going to L.A. for work, like mid nineties. The food in LA was not good. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was some sushi. There was some good sushi, but you would go to a lot of places that sounded like Craig's. Yeah, that you know they they all had the sort of deconstructed Caesar salad on the menu. <laughs> um, you know, it was just like it was, it was chops. It was like chop house stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think you can't do that in LA anymore. I think the quality and level of food in LA has gotten so good in the last 20 years that you you just can't get away with a craig's anymore and it'll probably it might be a hot spot for a little while and 
and you know b-list celebrities might be going there to get photographed outside but it, yeah it, but i i think i think it had restaurants like that have legs or staying power because there are enough people whose palates and appreciation of restaurants are so low or have just been just decimated maybe where they're like oh this place there's a paparazzi and there's a TV. I'm good, you know. Maybe food is an <laughs> afterthought kind of vibe. I would say that. I would say this though. I would say I don't that like that. There are places that do what Craig's does better than Craig's. Yeah, and that's why you know that's what like Jason said in the in the South Beverly Grill. Yeah, the grill in the alley, as he said, any any place with grill in the name is basically doing better. <laughs> is it that sort of like like country club food revival? Is it kind of is it Kinda. that sort of thing? filet mignon drenched in some sauce and and things like that <laughs> I, th I think it's more it's like there it's it's like if you're an old guy and you need like a chop and a baked potato yeah and a shrimp cocktail but i also need to know that like chicken chicken fingers and ranch are also not too far if i need them like got it like it just feels safe like i won't feel attacked by the menu where you're like oh i don't want to eat any of this stuff i don't know what that is but, but why yeah i mean why drake chooses to eat there is is beyond my comprehension I, well, but i mean because there's not even any chicks in there at least when we were there <laughs> it wasn't like there was like a hair in 2013 he maybe. brings his own i'm sure but like i just i'm like what's the everybody it was just like being kind of like at any restaurant in that part of town crowd wise at least the night jason i mean the night we were there mm -hmm. it was just kind of like oh yeah these are just kind of regular corny rich people there was no like yeah there was no sheen to it in the way that i wanted yeah. there to be is what I'm, so, so what I'm trying to say well and and i think and this goes to like to to being a restaurant critic and reviewing restaurants is you know it's not just about the food it's about the choice of color of leather on the banquettes. It's the art on the walls. Mm -hmm. It's the lighting. It's the crowd. It's the music that they play. And it doesn't sound like Craig's has much of that <laughs> yeah, no. going. No, it has it. a lot of it. <laughs> no. It's just not good. Yeah, well, it has it's all the wrong. The wrong yes, it's it's yes. in spades, but it, none of attempts it is good. Attempts were made. Yes. Yeah, attempts were made. Yeah. Actually, speaking, speaking of, of food writing and criticism, since it's something that I'm starting to dabble in and something that you've had a lot of experience yeah. editing over the years, I'm sure, um, and you have restaurant experience and you love food and dining out, so you're well-versed in that. I think now that we've sort of moved away from the anonymous restaurant critic, more or less, like every big critic, we kind of know what they look like and who they are. Do you think that nowadays, because of that, we should just start allowing people to just give us gifts in an effort to <laughs> do a better review. Like I, I, I feel like I need to like we need to change the whole structure. And I feel like I need to be able to be swayed by a restaurant. I don't want to catch them on a bad night. I want them to try and give me the best meal of my life. Well and then sure, I will sure. Write a better review. Yeah, I mean you and you want to judge them on their best. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, as, as an old school, you know, what has happened to journalism in the past 20 years since the fucking internet came <laughs> around? Um, yeah. I, I'm a little old school with that. I don't think, you know, if they're going to send me a, you know, five ounce tin of caviar to my house for Christmas, um, <laughs> well, I mean, I'd probably take it. I wouldn't tell anybody, but <laughs> well, it's been going on in other facets of journalism. I mean, that's like the whole reason most magazines are able to exist is because, the people that work there don't quit because they get to go on press trips. To me, yeah. I think of it as like overage points on a soccer game where it's like, it's not going to change. I'm not giving you an extra point or giving you, but like, you know, you send me a tin of caviar. 
the restaurant review is five percent better. Not yeah. it's not fifty percent better. You know what I mean? Just little increments. So you're saying TJ TJ is for sale. I've always been for sale, but I'm glad that you've kind of caught. I'm up. pretty much for sale, like ninety five percent of me. <laughs> my concern about this is that is that you know I have all my holes. <laughs> <laughs> um is is i'm hoping to start to review restaurants more often for airmail okay uh, i i have one coming out uh in this week oh yeah harrison told me this harrison told me this. it's about casa cruz correct casa cruz yes Dan, it's not it's not a competition sweetie come on <laughs> no, no i know i know i know okay but uh this is a this is exciting for me but i guess somebody in that position then do we need an anonymous reviewer anymore or do you at least put your res down under a different name? I think it's. I think nobody's anonymous anymore. I think it's impossible. That's the thing. I mean, That's the, the, thing. The, the days when when I anonymously reviewed Craig's. That's because Craig's isn't a new. Re also, Craig's is not like. I feel like that only matters when a restaurant's like new and hot in the first year. Yeah, like it, you know what well, I mean. Well, I think it's because my name is not. Jonathan Gold or Anthony yes, Bourdain or P. Right. Wells. That's, that's why right. I was able to that's just right. go in and, and dine like a regular person. I don't think a restaurant like Craig's gives a shit, to be honest with you. But I <laughs> no. think some places I don't, I don't I think, think some places I don't think <laughs> I don't think they give a shit. I went to Casa Cruz. I made a reservation under my name. They Wait, can you tell us can you can you tell everyone what Casa Cruz is? Obviously we're familiar with all members clubs, but you you know, go ahead. Have you have you been, Chris, to Casa Cruz? I, I haven't been invited. Uh oh, I wow. not I've, well, I've, okay. Like okay. a grinder house. Okay. Well, well, first of all, let me tell you, it's actually not really a private club. Okay. Like you can make a reservation and you can go have a drink at the bar and eat at the restaurant on the second floor. Okay. And then there's like three or four more floors. It's in a beautiful old townhouse in maybe the worst location in New York City. I think it's like 60, <laughs> 63rd off of like Park Avenue. So it's not quite Upper East Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite Midtown. I mean, not that if it was in Midtown, it wouldn't make it any better. In New York's worst neighborhood. Yeah, but that makes Midtown makes sense. You know what I mean? Midtown. It's kind of fine. an odd, but Midtown doesn't feel as, as busy during the days. And I think those mm -hmm. places are lunch places. You know what I mean? The places that do yeah, really sure, well are lunch sure. places, maybe a little the the pre-theater thing. Um, so Casa Cruz is it's an English restaurateur from London who has a, a restaurant in London that's sort of a, a celeb hotspot. What's it called? I d it might be called Casa Cruz, okay, but okay, I okay. could be wrong. I, okay. it's, uh, I think I'm it might it. be. Inconsequential. Inconsequential. Um, <laughs> but so he bought this giant townhouse. So he's successful restaurateur. He's, he's doing okay. a successful he's doing restaurateur. Right. But, but, but wait, but wait, because because I thought it was a private club, and Graydon thought it was a private club, and everyone thought it was a private club, because there's this... Uh, there's so many new private clubs. Yes, out. yes, and, yes. And like the the Amman, I forget how much the Amman costs, but it's out. Like the price, it's like this this uh, like war over pricing. And Don't get me started on zero bond. I, totally. And and I talk about in this in this I really talk about all the clubs and the history yes. of clubs in New York before I get to Casa Cruz. Um, but Casa Cruz charges in the press that I've seen $250,000 to $500,000 a year. Now this gets you access to the upstairs private rooms, but anyone can get access to the restaurant on the second floor. So I don't really know what the exclusivity Bro, is about. If I pay $250,000 a year to go to a third floor, there better be some <laughs> wild shit going on on the third floor. Well, and, 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 and by the way, they're considered investors. 
in the place. Oh, not oh, so this is a scam. Okay, this is a scam. I got well, it. Now. I okay, got it. you just you just ruined the end of my piece, by the way, which is which is kind of which is kind of where I get to because there is nothing worse to invest in than a restaurant. Maybe a film, but like a restaurant is especially in a city where like the failure rate is so high. To invest that much money in a restaurant in a townhouse that costs almost thirty million dollars for them to buy, and I can't imagine how much. And, it's and you're just, not getting a, you're not getting a piece of the real estate if you invest in the restaurant, is my guess. I just want to make I just want to be clear. I, I I don't know, but it's just it's sort of madness. And I went, you know, I mean, in fairness, I went on a Sunday night, but the place was empty, completely empty. And I don't think if you spent thirty million on the real estate for the place and it's empty at any point. I think you're fucked. You should be upset. I think you're, I think you're fucked. <laughs> you should yeah. be concerned. I mean, like, yeah, you, you should should be need concerned. to be selling drinks and and food. Yes, and you yes, need to be yes. packed. And so, so you, so we'll see. Which which goes back to, I am not absolutely not for sale when it comes to <laughs> restaurant reviews. Of course. Well, how well, about that? How about that I, for a, I, for a bold I, statement? I don't want to mm -hmm. get too into it. I don't want to. I don't want to blow our load because because airmail comes out on Saturdays. But the um. The food, I, I'm not, you know, you said British restaurant. I'm, I'm looking I at hope, the menu right now. I hope the food is not British. The price points aren't that high. It's not considering. It's not crazy. And it's not, you know, the, the, I believe the, the owner is actually Chilean. So cruise he's from, oh, I see. Yes, cruise. Yes. So he's from South, like a, like a rich South American who, who went over to London. I think he was even a banker in the finance world great. before he became those a guys, Those guys are known for having great taste in restaurants, so that makes a lot of sense. hundred hundred percent. <laughs> but I will Have say you guys this, tried gnocchi? Gnocchi <laughs> <laughs> was pretty good. Um, the, fo the, fo the food was actually pretty good. The food was actually pretty good, but you have to go to 63rd yeah, and yeah. park and sit in this hideous room with just, you know, I, I went and... I, because it was empty, I had to. I was like, "What does this place look like when it's not empty?" And so I went and I looked on Instagram, which was a huge mistake. And it was just—I <laughs> mean, it—it it looked like the like AVN Awards or something. I mean, it was just, Crowd looking like the AVN when you were okay, yeah. when you were doing your because because the, the history of the private club is is very British to me. Like that's yes. the ones that I became familiar with when I was younger. When I'm first, before I moved to New York, I was a member of a place called Norwood. Did you find? Yes. Okay, you know. Okay, oh, I just want to see if that okay. came up in this. <laughs> I, I, I have. It's actually my favorite line in the review is about the Norwood Club, and I'm not going to say what it okay, is because you'll chuckle oh. when you see it. But the Norwood Club, yeah, it was just shut a couple years ago. Oh, really? It's still yeah, open. It was still open a few years ago. Chris, did you cash in all your Norwood points in time? Uh, Norwoods for some reason charged me one thousand dollars. Uh -huh. For that was it, and I I went fairly often because it was fun. It was it was uh, it's funny. We knew the guy that ran it, and so we never had to pay, and so we went. It was basically five stories of places to do cocaine. I mean, that's all. <laughs> that you know what, Dan? You took the words yeah, right out of my mouth. That's literally. I, I it, did. I I did do cocaine in all five of those areas, and even a backyard. I think I, as well. I think I did too. Terrace. Yes, and there was even a roof terrace where you could do cocaine. Yes. There was a screen. <laughs> there was a screening room where you could do cocaine, and it seemed they like it all. and the only because this was like mid aughts when it opened, <laughs> and like wherever you went, 
all you heard was LCD sound system. That was the only mm -hmm. fucking music you heard. So it was like cocaine and LCD sound system. I don't remember the food at all, and I definitely ate there several times. I couldn't I tell you one morsel of food. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Uh, I'm sure there was a crispy Brussels sprout on there that was dank. I think it was before <laughs> yeah. that. I think it was before Brussels pre sprouts. Were I think it was again. pre. Yeah, I think it was pre, <laughs> pre BS. Yeah. Jason yeah. needs a second. Jason needs a second. Uh, I no, think it might have even been pre crudo. I think it might have been pre crudo. Oh, it was pre crudo. It was yeah. pre crudo for sure. Yeah. It was a weird. It was a weird place, but it was pretty. It was like a really nice environment. It was a yeah. really. I mean, that's the thing about a lot of these places is that they do, they are comfortable. The one uh, Jason that Issy took us to in London, Oswald's, mm -hmm. it place is insane. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like you're. It's just. It's so beautiful. It's so comfortable. Yeah. Like you. You do feel like you're doing something a little more special yeah. than just going to a restaurant. That being said, uh, is it worth a quarter of a million dollars? Probably not. <laughs> no. I I don't think so and and you know in london the whole point you know london basically shuts down at like at like 10 30 yeah, 11 yeah. o'clock and so you kind of need a club over there so that you can go somewhere and keep drinking and new york doesn't have that problem yeah you know yeah, new yeah. york is everything's mm -hmm. open till fucking four if not if not yeah. later in, in a lot but of there's instances. a lot of people in new york that have too much money and love to pay for the air yes. of exclusivity that's what the city is built on that's right you know, that's what the city is built on that's a hundred a hundred percent right and there's there's more money here and and money has sort of replaced money is is cultural capital now in this city. totally and it's totally. it's really sort of damaged i think i think it's damaged the city i mean I, I you know la might have the same problem but i think culturally i think like la is probably more important than new york right now in in sort of american culture i just I think everything's happening out there how long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp. You know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me, and uh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are. So many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash how long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash how long. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step 
to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG, all one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long? That's neutral. Dot com promo code how long? And, and I, by the way, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing because <laughs> it brings Dana no pleasure to say the Balenciaga words. fashion show did happen in L.A., but that's the only thing I can see. I don't know. Now, what else. I, I see where Dana's gone because the la- when I was in New York for the last week, I was you know like, hey, here we are the world stage for for everything yeah. and i'm looking around and i'm not seeing it anymore i even feel like the fashion stuff that they do in la gets so much more attention than new york fashion week yeah definitely that's because that it's still rare and they may, it's only yeah. like giant brands doing giant things you know what i mean they're spending yeah. like if you're going to spend that much money it's going to people are going to notice did did you i know that you guys are fans of of Brett Easton Ellis and i i actually think i learned about your podcast when he was talking on his podcast about going on your podcast is that possible <laughs> like it's it's sure yeah, it's that, so, yeah that's, it's that so happens. meta and but but so so Brett wrote and i know Brett is mostly known for for fiction but he wrote a like I think he's like a brilliant cultural critic, like brilliant, and he yeah. doesn't do that that much writing. But he wrote a piece for Daily Beast about like over a decade ago, and it was this exploration of this this idea mm-hmm. um, of post empire America. Yes, yes. It was during it was when Charlie Sheen was like flaming out, and like the 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 show was falling apart, and the the, the money and the cocaine and like. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And and so Brett wrote this about that. <laughs> but but Brett wrote this brilliant piece about post Empire America, and it was comparing like what we used to be and what was acceptable and what were cultural norms and where we are now. And it was like like Kardashians are very post Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie Sheen doing you know social media is very post Empire. Donald Trump is is like the most post Empire yes yes figure you can have. What what are some examples of? pre-empire like you know those, those old clubs that you mentioned in new york you know were yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. you know empire this is a brett this is a brett this is a brett thing like the empire post-empire yes. thing yes. is like a is he it's a constant he invented it and he talks about it a lot like he uses oh, it. oh and and by the way he should yeah, and if i good. if i was started if i was starting a magazine Indoor or something, smoking? Not, that I, not, not that i'd be stupid to start a magazine at this stage but <laughs> um i would hire brett to to do a post-empire column because it explains everything we see and to me when i see like a balenciaga fashion show in la that is like so beyond absurd and tacky in in my mind mm-hmm. of just who is there and the clothes they're wearing and and what these sort of famous french houses a lot of them not all of them um but but who they're going after who they're catering to doing it in la is a choice as opposed to doing it somewhere mm-hmm. else and it just all feels like like post empire la is the capital of post empire america and and brett really nailed that but i think it's i like new york doesn't feel as culturally relevant as it used to be. Yeah, I, I think the money, the money part that you said, like currency is the is the new cultural currency. Yeah, and I think it's because 
everyone is just rich there. I mean, it, it's sort of like everyone, it seems like yeah. everyone has moved out of San Francisco because they're afraid of it. Yeah. Now I do my tech job in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's just, it's pushed out. It's a really hard city to come to as a young person now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't, I mean, I, I, you know, it's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing, but it sort of sounds like a, like a humble brag to say like my first apartment on East third street was like $400 a month for a two bedroom that I lived in with my brother in 1992. Mm-hmm. And you could do that and you could live really well on like $15,000 a year. Um, and I just don't think you can do that anymore. Yeah, but you can't do that anywhere. That's you can't do thing. that. Yeah. You can't do that anywhere, but I do I do feel like with I feel like LA you can live cheaper than New York. Yeah, de- because oh, definitely. It's so spread out because in like suddenly you're living a, you know, an hour and a half subway ride out in Queens from Manhattan mm-hmm. or downtown Brooklyn and you just you you your life is is spent commuting. I guess your life's been commuting in LA too, but Yeah, but you're in the comfort of your uh 2001 G-Wagon. So it's a little That's different. Right. No it's nobody different. is peeing on you. That's right. At the time. That's I mean, right. LA is just boring as a motherfucker. I talk about it all the time. It's just really boring. <laughs> like I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I don't think that LA is That's why we microdose mushrooms every day. There's no culture. People just do stuff there cuz the weather nice. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing and I still I I don't I couldn't live in a car. Like I need to be able to walk outside my door and make a left or a right and <laughs> and do 50 things within half a mile. You never lived in LA, right? Never lived in LA. No. I mean, you know, used to spend a lot of time there, but it was always hotel living. Nice hotel living, by the way. <laughs> like it was Your like- hotel living in the book is really that's the biggest throwback of the whole thing. Oh, it was, the Bel- were you at Bel Air, the Hotel Bel Air, for my a month? First time in LA in 1995, I was 21 years old. And I went with Graydon for the Oscars for two weeks and Bel Air for two weeks. Like, like so calling, sick. calling me Mr. Brown mm-hmm. and just like, like testing my expense account. Like, I'd order like, a hundred dollar bottle of wine, which by the way, in 1995 seemed excessive. It is. But I'd order it. I'd order it with like my burger for room service at lunch. You'd be like, is this going to get me in trouble? Um, <laughs> and then it would sort of escalate and become a $300. Like it was, it was just, yeah, you could you're do pushing. anything you, you're pushing. So, so my introduction to LA was like, and then it was Beverly Hills hotel for years. And mm-hmm. it was just like, you'd get a table at, at the, the polo lounge and you would just like sit there and tell all your friends like, yeah, look, I, like when you walk in the polo lounge, there's a banquet on the right. I'm sitting there from like 7 p.m. to 12. Just come by. It's all yeah. on me. Like that it's was my that was my life. Yeah. Which is not now, by the way, which sucks. everyone listening is like <laughs> you said expense account. What is that? I've never heard that. I know, word I, it's it's crazy to me. And and, and once it's gone. And, and that's another thing about New York, by the way, is like. New York was a city where the expense account economy in the creative class, not just in the in the mm-hmm. banker class, but in the creative class was so important for, for, oh, keeping, for sure. I mean, keeping this place humming. When the when the 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 you know the stuff happened in two thousand eight and there were all the New York Post articles about like drug dealers and strippers yeah. like being the ones suffering the most <laughs> yeah. because everybody with an expense account was like, We can't I can't. I'm sorry, totally. it's over. And you it's know, just it's done. It's, and that era is done. And so no, it's Hunter like Biden's the, the only one with an expense account anymore, huh? I know, <laughs> I know. And even he's even he's, even he's in trouble now yeah geez. speaking of that. that chris uh, i was i have not read the book yet unfortunately but i was listening to an interview well, with you don't you. Worry, don't worry chris hated it he thought it was <laughs> no, not I did great not. No, no, what no, no, was no, no. The- 
No, no, I said you weren't a poet, just, which you're not. not. You're you're a writer. By the way, I don't give a fuck. No, it's Chris, like, Chris loved your book so much that we are having you on the podcast right now. Well, the book, I mean, this is Chris Bate to a hundred. I know, degree. I know it is. I know. I know it's a memoir about your life, but it feels like this was sort of written to get our attention. hundred you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, percent. It was the only reason. I was like, when I first heard you guys, I was like, how the fuck do I get on the book? You know, I, I know. What I'm going to sell I a do? book. I'm going to write a like the Chapter hardest thing two. in the world. Oh, to write a book <laughs> so you said that you said though this was supposed to be a t or it was originally a tv show i well i so i wrote about a decade ago i wrote a like half an hour cable style comedy called disappearing ink and it was like present day like 40 year old guy in a dying industry mm -hmm. um and i sold it to hulu i mean this is like t ages ago and like all scripts, it went nowhere and they just never returned my phone calls after like a, a, a rewrite. And everyone was like, why don't you go back? Like do the, do the original story, like start in the nineties. Like don't start at the end where everything's collapsing yeah. and falling apart. Um, so that was sort of the idea. And it was, you know, it was like a year after I left VF and I, you know, it was the, the money was running out and it was sort of becoming clear that like print magazine editors like myself who spend too much money on dinners and lunches were just totally unhirable. Mm -hmm. And I, and I just like my digital skills are really bad to this like, day, really bad. To, no one to this day, no, to this day, to this day. I mean, it's gotten like maybe a little bit, it's passable, but not for like, not for like anything real. You're no whiz on Substack. I'm no whiz. I don't even know what like any of the acronyms mean. And so when the, <laughs> if someone's like RSS feed, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what anything is. I don't know what anything means. And so I was like, well, I guess I could write a book. Um, and so that's that's how that came about. Okay. I like I like that. That's how you got there. It sounds like it was yeah. really a passion project for you. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. No, it was totally You're like, bro. I don't know. I guess I'll just write a book. Fuck it. Oh, like, it was it was about the like the desperate need for cash in that moment. When you do something like this, because I've always been told by people that if you like your life, you shouldn't write a memoir yeah. because it's going to cause you problems yeah. in your life. Uh, would you say that that is true or did you get some clearances before you started putting pen to paper? I got, I kind of got clearances. I mean, I did, you know, I told Graydon, of course, who's like one of the main characters. I was like, look, I'm going to do this book here. I, I'm going to show you the proposal. Hopefully you'll be okay with it. Um, <laughs> People know you smoked, right? I just want to make sure that's clear before, I know, exactly. before I get into this. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, it's so funny you say that it was like his one complaint to me. Uh, about the book too much he was smoking? like he was like I, I, I didn't smoke that much and it was like yes you it was like it was you know this was before smoking was banned in offices and you'd just be walking around the office with a seat like it was that was his one yeah. complaint he was like it, he was like i didn't smoke that much it was like well you kind of did i mean we all did you definitely did it wasn't just no. you it wasn't just you I, I just can't imagine what it would feel like smoking a cigarette in in your office in an office That's yeah so cool and i i it's funny because i I sort of had covered a smoke in my office because Graydon, you know, after, you know, I was his assistant for, for three years or so, and then I had my own office. And so I would just shut the door and smoke, but then other people would come to my office to smoke. And so, be, I mean, it was disgusting, by the way, to think about it, because it was like, you know, the windows don't open. Yeah, so there were no windows up. that yeah, opened. We were at four times square. So you, it's like a sliding, like, like a glass door that you close. And you have like six people, like sitting in this tiny office. It's in the literally middle of like what people do at the airport. And it's, it's it, literally it is, it is. It's like the Denver airport that like, <laughs> <laughs> closed glass thing um i mean it's now that i think about it and i quit smoking 
you know, probably a decade ago. And, and by the way, if I'm if I get jittery, I'm not chewing nicotine gum right now for obvious reasons because it would be really loud on this mic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start to get jittery soon, so I'm just warning you because it's been half an hour without a piece of Nicorette. But you're not so you're not sober, are you? No, I'm not. I you know it's funny. I was for I I did get sober a few years ago for six months just 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 to try it just to try it yeah and it didn't it didn't it didn't really hold for me oh you don't say (laughs) we didn't love her yeah it didn't really help i kind of missed you know it's funny i i it didn't make my life any better i got very skinny which was which was like the best part about it and i think if i'm being totally honest i probably got sober purely out of like vanity reasons well whatever it mm-hmm. takes you know i mean whatever, well whatever many, it takes many do that whatever it takes so the, does that so that means alcohol was the main factor i think in so the sobriety. Yeah. I, I, yeah i mean i always drank too much i always drank too much okay and and because cocaine doesn't make you fat you know no 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 i know but see but 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 the but the the pro the thing with cocaine is at a certain age you have to stop because <laughs> if i if my obituary if if i I'm just petrified of like cocaine death at 51. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm. Or whatever. It scares the shit out of me because it's the most embarrassing way to go. Everyone will think you're like a complete cokehead and have been your whole life. And like, imagine that funeral. So yeah. I can't do any of that stuff. I stopped ages and ages ago. Um, and I have the drink. I, I don't drink as much as I used to. There's something about about aging. Of where course. It gets, it gets harder. And, and you know, the 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 aging thing also... The vanity thing. Like it, I wake up in the morning and and you know after a night of drinking and I just I look like a Sharpay <laughs> sure, um, sure, until sure, about two p.m. Sure. and it's just I I look at myself and I go I can't I just it's a it's a this. two day hangover three day hangover you you're not gonna go to that yeah. soul cycle. I, well, my my you know what it's funny uh, my problem is a I don't get hungover and b. I could just, I have the, as the Irish call it, um, a hollow leg. I have a hollow, I could just, I could just, just keep just, it going. Just, yeah, yeah. Drink, 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 be totally functional. Yeah. No one will think I'm drunk, but it's just, it's, it's the vanity thing has gotten the best of me in my, that's, in my I think that's age. fine. I think that's okay. And I think we all, it's a great motivator. We deal with, we, we so. deal with that topic on the show all the time. I mean, you know, we, that's like, yeah. we think about that too. I mean, I, I had to stop because I was going to die, but yes. the weight loss was a cool bonus. <laughs> totally it's like it was the best but that's what probably keeps me on the wagon i think is the fact that i would (laughs) put on 20 well and it's funny because i have like i have two wardrobes i have like (laughs) like skinny aa wardrobe from a few years ago and then i have the the like boy am i drinking way too much wardrobe (laughs) and the problem is is that my my perfect weight is probably where i am now is kind of like in between those two things you know it's not 145 pounds it's not 175 and so it's sort of tough that my clothes are either like way too tight or way too baggy right now (laughs) that is tough i think you might Um, maybe maybe santa claus will bring a third wardrobe yeah i was gonna say i introduce it feels like too much it just feels feels like too much effort at this point yeah to, definitely to do a third, definitely you know? have, and it's kind of embarrassing yeah well i think it's kind of fun you see i mean you know like buying stuff is well, fun. It is. well if you lived in la you'd be wearing sweatpants every day so at least you're still in a place I, no absolutely absolutely i'm i'm so the whole athleisure thing i'm so not on board with this not for public are you a guy are you a guy that doesn't wear shorts at all no no never 
unless unless there are very specific rules. No one wants to see a man's legs. I'm sorry. You Nobody wants seen, to see You haven't legs. seen my legs, Dana. I'll tell you that. Well, are, they, are, are, they, are they good ones or bad ones? <laughs> Obviously good. <laughs> okay. No, I'm, kid- um, I'm I kidding. Still, I, st- I just love I shorts. still don't want to see them. Unless, unless there is a body of water. Yeah. Within walking distance, mm-hmm. a man should not. Wear sure, shorts. sure. It's it's just my rule. It's my rule. I've I've come around to that. I I, I held out for a long time, but now I'm, I'm pants. I mean, it's 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 the it's it's there. We've we've lost like culture has lost. We've we've lost all like norms of how we're supposed to behave. Like what people wear on airplanes and in airports now is just it, it's an abomination. It's an about like you should, you know, I remember my grandfather telling me stories of like, well, you'd everyone was in a suit and tie on a on a on the Pan Am flight to wherever. Um, I think people should dress up a little for flying. No, I agree. That I, is I that agree. that's a pre-empire thing, I guess, right? That oh, you know what? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Like wearing, yeah. Do you, that's right. But also that's totally I, I think maybe a lot a lot of people would be more inclined to dress up on the plane if going on the plane felt more high upper class i should say now every time i go on a plane i feel like i'm in a like a, a children's playpen or something like that you know everything's yeah, but, made but, out of plastic and but that's that's on it. what that's what delta one's for you know what i mean <laughs> like that's what delta one well is for. that means you should only be wearing a suit or dressing up nicely if you're in a first class person yeah yeah ha, ha, by the way the, the greatest aside from flying private which is its own separate thing and and the fantasy mm-hmm. um have you guys ever done a greeter have you ever used delta greeters no um, but i recently found out that this is uh, you, something you just ask for it is it is it is first of all you can you can tell them that you are world famous uh podcasters how much does it cost you, how much does it cost i i don't know because i've only done it with with like famous friends who always get greeters so they meet you at the front door right before you even go in the airport they take you a special way yeah they take you a special way they they you go like like through the the back of the thing you go they take you to the front of the line of security they take you right to the lounge mm. that you sit in the lounge so you're through so quickly and then they take you on the tarmac and delta has a deal with porsche so yes. you literally walk outside onto the tarmac into the back of a porsche they drive you to the to the jet and then you go up that stairwell outside mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you go, and before anyone gets on the plane, you're already sitting there. Chris, Chris, and I have been on the Porsche one time. The Porsche was just to take us to our connecting flight. Like we had a layover. Yeah, this is the celebrity treatment, and I've seen this before, obviously, but I've also seen it where they come on the plane last. Well, you they they ask you what you want. You have the choice. Do you want to get on first, or do you want to get on last? You're a top or a bottom. Or you or are you verse? I just looked it up. Uh, uh, the the price tag it's three fifty. Per person, yes, and then a hundred dollars for for the which is additional which is guests. not it's not crazy. I'm That's I'm crazy. absolutely willing to do this. This is how do you do you yeah. just call Delta and you're like I'm important. I, I'm if I'm sure if you just Google like Delta, greeter. but you, but it's, but if if you're famous, this is someone is calling your agents calling for you. Are they paying? Is it free? Is everybody paying? No, they're everyone's paying. Everyone's, everyone's paying. paying. Yeah, uh, I just looked it up as well. It's gone up to five hundred dollars now. Okay. Which, by the way, if you're flying at a certain time of year out of a big air, if you're going through like a JFK, which is a disaster, like it's yeah. it's how how much is it worth to save save your time save save your time and, and to maybe make a flight that you would be late for if you were my question sit in to you, TSA? Dana, based on this, is do, have you taken the blade service chopper? Never. 
to JFK because I'm very interested in that as well. No, I haven't done that because it's getting from New York to JFK. I mean, it's like it's like driving to Calcutta from here at this point. Like it takes so fucking long to get like it's crazy. I I live on the west side, so I'm always trying to fly out of Newark. And if I see JFK, I'm just like, I mean, hours now hours no like, it's, 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 yeah, it's we true. were talking about this we were talking about this earlier it's an hour and a half minimum, minimum. easy yeah easy easy and yeah. if you go in the middle of traffic it can be like two i mean it's i've missed flights yeah. that unbelievable you know that i was I in new york last week i landed at 2 30 got to the hotel at 5 p.m yeah i mean it's just it's a nightmare have you a total have nightmare. you ever been on a private plane and had a bad time <laughs> um I don't think that exists. I mean, it depends. I, do, I mean, unless you're unless on, you're like, being trafficked, of course. Yeah, unless you're yeah, on like yeah. Epstein's plane. Like it. Like if like if Chris like Chris gets on the private jet and they're like, "Bing, we're so sorry. The Wi-Fi is not working right now. We're gonna try to reset the system right now." <laughs> what would you do, Chris? I, well, it, you know, f- flying private is very different. You know, there's something wonderful about about a commercial flight. I mean, if if you're in, you know, business or first, um, where they're they're bringing you drinks and you put your headphones on and you watch a movie or you watch a TV show, like yeah. that doesn't happen on a private jet. Like, on a private you are, jet, you have to talk to the people yes. you're with, whether you like yes. them or not. But you do That's get right. to pre-order the food. the The lead guest gets to pre-order. So if you're like, yes, I want fucking Kit Kats, M and M's, and Diet Cokes. <laughs> The, this shit is stocked. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. I, th- I think the last time I was on one, it was like a like a like a bagel salmon cream cheese spread, and I was yeah, like, mm, yeah. not that bad. part of it. That part of it is nice. The the idea yeah. that you can just like they ask you what you want, and you're like, yeah, I want fucking Nobu. Figure it out. They'll do you know it. What I mean, yeah, cool. they'll do it. But the but the best part is not having to go to a fucking airport mm-hmm. and having a car drive onto the tarmac. They take your bags, put it in. You walk up the little the little jet plank or whatever it's called, and you're done. Mm. Like you're done. And there and there's no customs either. No, there's no nothing. They they come on. No, no. They come on, and they're like, let's see the passports, and then they walk off. There's no like, yeah. but no bag check or anything. No, you know, no. Which would be great no, for you, right. Jason, as a known drug smuggler. I'm, I'm just that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depending on what country I'm going <laughs> don't, to. Don't don't out him so publicly. It's okay. It's not it's not real drugs. He's not. <laughs> He's not moving weight, you know. It's just it's light. It's I'm not taking use. the fentanyl to Indonesia. I know where I'm going, what my rights are. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Different places He's... are a slap on the wrist. Well, and you got the, the other day. You guys were talking about the fentanyl T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. Don't wear don't wear that on the flight. <laughs> yeah. Don't keep... wear that on the. Somebody flight, sent please. me a DM saying that shirt only works as Salem merch, which I thought. Oh was a... yeah, the band. No, that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Um. Well, I wanted to talk about memoirs a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in addition to your memoirs, you, I know that you have worked in and around Keith McNally, who has a memoir coming out. Any memoir insights on that? You know anything about it? I, I The only thing I know about it, and I actually worked for Keith's brother, Brian. Mm-hmm. And that, like the story of the dynamic of those two brothers who are who are both, you know, Brian's, you know, Brian and, and Keith, both sort of East London kids who came to New York and worked in restaurants. They opened the Odeon. Uh, with Keith's wife Lynn in the early '80s and became sort of stars, but just could, they were like the Gallagher brothers of the New York mm-hmm. restaurant world. They just they just fought all the time, so they went their separate ways. Brian opened uh, Indochine, you know, which is still mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. classic, and and totally. And and Keith went on to um, you know major major. I mean, probably the most important restaurateur 
in New York of the last half century. Keith is leaving and his brother is knolling, we can say. Maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I love Brian and I really like both of them. I don't know Keith as well. When when my book came out, you know, Keith was living on my block for a little while. Mm -hmm. And so I saw which building he went into one day. And so I, I signed a book. This was about a year and a half ago when it came out. I signed a book with a nice note. Keith, you know, your restaurants are all over this book and they've meant so much to me and they're great. And I have spent... A lot of my expense account at your <laughs> at your places and i left it for him and i got a very nice i got like a a dm on instagram like 20 minutes later and he said what's your what's your phone number and i was like is he gonna call me like this is <laughs> interesting um and i got a call minutes later i sent him my phone number, and i got a call minutes later from the balthazar reservations people and they were like well, just so you know we're putting you on the fancy list so anytime you need and i was like oh i was like yes i was like literally that's the like, greatest gift a man since, can give. since having my children it's like the greatest day of joy <laughs> i've ever had and it's just it's so now like it, it, the only problem is that the only restaurants i now eat at are either the waverly or or one of keith's restaurants mm -hmm. but for the most part and bond street bond street's another restaurant i go to if i want sushi bond but. street bond street is back isn't it but well it's so so bond street is one of my best friends opened it in nine it's been there for like yeah, it's been it's, there forever it's, no, it's no coming I on it's I sort of this weird hidden gem in new york where it's super upscale super expensive but really fucking delicious food like great great yeah, it's food good. It's, and it's really good yeah. um and it's, it's just sort of my and and you know listen when you're treated well at a restaurant it makes you want to go there when you Constantly. get the best tables when like you just there's that familiarity is nice even if they the food ain't great you. you're still coming back even, even if the food ain't great like and th this by the way goes back to to being a restaurant critic and and you're not really a food writer you're writing about the theater of the whole thing and and all mm -hmm. that um, tip to tail there is probably a draft in i don't know when it comes out but i kind of think it's going to be a classic new york book you know mm -hmm. just just uh, just you, everything how he's much done. help how much help do you think he's had? i think i think, think less i think less than you think really i agree i think he's yeah. got i think he's a yeah. good writer somewhere inside that fucked up head of his no i think he's re really really well read and you know, listen, I'm, uh, you know, obviously I'm not a great writer, but I managed to do a book. When you read a lot, and I work with a lot of writers, you can sort of steal writing styles from other people in a way that you can't in mm -hmm. other art forms, you know, because people just be like you. But with writing, you sort of can. And I feel like you can come to it later in life, having read a lot or or worked with writers and be able to write yourself yeah. really, Oh, I don't really think well. it's, I don't think, I just think it's, so hard to do it's not about can he do it or not it's about like how committed are you to this because it's yeah. based be on his instagram caption writing i think he's got many books in him i i, I think so too. I, and it just takes you know it's just a long process writing a book is like yeah i mean it's just a fucking endless process and especially you this, when you don't have cigarettes especially when you don't have cigarettes i know it's <laughs> it's really brutal i well it's funny because i start when i i I think I like quit drinking when I sold the book and was really struggling on it. And when I started drinking again is when the writing really started coming back to me mm. and how I finished the book, which is, by the way, that is not an endorsement of drinking to write. <laughs> I don't know if it's All right, necessarily Bukowski, linked. Calm down. All right, relax. I don't, I don't know if it's linked, but... Um, I'm a firm believer in writing inebriated and editing sober. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of a, why do you, do you write your reviews drunk or, or, or slightly askew? Mushrooms. Something? I like mushrooms. I like to take mushrooms and write down the first 
pass but like a like a like a like a small dose or like yeah a, not not a yeah not a heroic dose yeah. not a heroic dose yeah. but en enough to feel trippy you know enough for the yeah. keyboard to get a little silly yeah but not a micro dose now are you are you oh so not a micro dose okay yeah something some you can sink your teeth into lay it all out yeah and then from there you can kind of start whittling it down just to get the the thing from nothing yeah in you know the inception point and then from there you can yeah sand it down into something and do you do you do you like do you like writing restaurant reviews do you like do you enjoy it i i don't know man i i don't like re reading or writing but <laughs> i know i know i and talking is my trade and and what i do every day and i feel like i'm i'm good at doing that yeah but there's just so much more and so many different sometimes better ways to convey a feeling or a point that you can't you can't just do it with your voice you have to really write it down yeah and lay out a structure and, and do it all you know it's to me it's like building a house versus building a city or something you, yeah it yeah. takes time and, and multiple people yeah the problem is once you realize that you can podcast <laughs> writing seems very laborious <laughs> that was what happened totally. to me i mean i totally I, like that's literally what happened to me i was like it I, it was t it's just like wait why would i yeah i could just i can do it this way and it's people seem to really respond to it and it takes a lot less time yeah yeah i mean you could say the same thing about a tiktok versus a film you know i'm sure more people have watched a single tiktok of a guy falling down the stairs than may december yeah but it's not gonna hit, touch in in a certain way yeah. you know and i, I th I'm, I'm very grateful that we have podcasting as a way to sort of start ideas and work them out yeah while being paid by mcdonald's and then those can turn into maybe a uh, bigger overarching topic by the way your mcdonald's advertising <laughs> fucking works because i crave mcdonald's like all the time and the mcdonald's there's a mcdonald's near me like i literally went the i went to a, a stop by a christmas party and was walking home and my son was home and i like texted i was like you want mcdonald's and he's like yeah of course and i just couldn't help myself <laughs> And the McDonald's, the, the McDonald's on, first of all, like most McDonald's in New York look like Mad Max now. Like you go yeah, inside crazy. and you can't believe it's like, it's like the apocalypse has happened. There's a guy hosing blood off the ceiling. There's literally, there's like, like people just standing around, like homeless <laughs> people just like not, not like unable to move. And you're like, Are, is he ordering? Is he waiting? Like, and I, and, and the one on sixth Avenue and 14th street is I, like you can't you can't believe it and i i walked in there to like 9 30 p.m on a saturday night the other day and i was like this is just this is the end of the world in here i mean it really is it looked like a zombie apocalypse in the mcdonald's but but i but the advertising works is all is all i'm saying how old is your thank son you. thank you my son is 14 oh so he's a little bastard he's I, like happy yeah, yeah. it's happening yeah oh but i <laughs> i have an 18 year old daughter also oh hell no i it's what's crazy is that like I had kids early for New York, but like late for the rest of the world. I think I had sure. my first kid at like <laughs> 33. But so now I'm in that moment where my kids don't, you know, my daughter is off at of college. My son's in high school and doesn't want really anything to do with his parents. Like he doesn't. So it's mm -hmm. sort of like, well, what do I do now? So they don't think you're cool or they, are they, ha where are they at? Where are you at with it? I, I think that, I think they think I'm okay. I don't <laughs> okay. think they think sure. I'm cool. It is New York after all. 
Yeah. Competition is stiff. What is he into? What is your son into? Is he like into like basketball? What are we talking he, about? Well, yeah, basketball and soccer. He plays both of those. He's definitely he's definitely gotten into the whole like streetwear hip hop mm -hmm. thing, which I think you just can't avoid. I mean, that is the dominant yeah, yeah. pop mm -hmm. culture. So you're having to, you're you're having to slave away over the keyboard to buy him some Travis Scott dunks as well. A hundred percent. Um and, and you know, I, I made a I made a movie, a documentary a few years ago that that was about hip-hop and skateboarding in new york in the late 80s and early 90s i how i i'm not part of that world how i got dragged into this is, is a long story um but so as part of it we i got to know a lot of the supreme guys so i was yeah, able yeah. to go to supreme and the guy was like yeah, i'll give you a big discount and everything so i was like a hero very briefly your son loved you for that year That's yes good. and still and still wears some of the stuff and my daughter that was the year my son loved me <laughs> I'll never forget. That's it. you know what? My that's my next memoir. That's <laughs> memoir number two. That's that's gonna be it. That's gonna be it. But Jason, I Jason, I thought but wait, to go back to restaurant reviewing, I thought mm. your Noma review was great. I thought it was really, really good. Thank um, you. Thank you. And I had my I did a review. The reason I started doing reviews was a year ago or two years, a year and a half ago, Graydon called me at like the last minute. He was like, Can you go to Noma tomorrow? night Whoa. because they're doing a pop-up in new york and review it for us our our critic has covid and i was like oh yes like yeah in a heartbeat what a call and and secretly the reason i wanted to do it is because i had just done ayahuasca like a couple weeks before and i really wanted to write about it mm -hmm. but i didn't i didn't want to write a piece about ayahuasca i just want I, it was like the the worst experience of my life and i really wanted to write about it um and so i figured and i was like and the second he said that i was like no and ayahuasca are basically the same thing. yeah 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 yeah. and and so and it's just this sort of the obsession of of humans desperation to be part of something and to then talk about something afterwards oh you know what i did you know no and ayahuasca are the same so that was that sort of got me started in in the restaurant thing and Greg was like what well, he's like you should do this more often i was like yeah yeah totally it's just taken a year to to <laughs> get it off the ground as as, as yeah sometimes I, I that happens that that brings up a, a something that i feel as well which is it's it's such an easy thing to get your foot in the door yeah you know the the wheel is spinning and you're able to wedge your foot into it with a restaurant review and then yep. at least you kind of get reps and you get skin in the game and you're going and then you could write about ayahuasca through the lens of Rene Redzepi or yeah you know I'm I'm writing about Craig's but it's about you know bad street art you know exactly and by the way you have to pronounce it Craig's not Craig's <laughs> it's too it's, you're, you're 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 giving it too much weight I think. You're, you're saying it you're saying it like c-r-a-a-y Craig yeah Craig yeah. I don't know I'm gonna I'll call it Craig. I feel like it might be from a film or something some character named Craig hi Craig it's, it's from the, the film Friday is it where Craig at? Yeah, where Craig at? Craig, well, that's, famous. A, that's a slightly cooler version than Thank what that I is, like, that is. That cool. is cool. Well, so, well, well, I'm I'm from Orange County at the end of the day, so I say yeah. a lot of words uh, badly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we all do. What do you? So, what are you doing right now? What am I doing right now? Um, uh, uh, like a number of of writing projects, TV, film, trying to get you know, I'm I'm focused on i'm going to have a bunch of tv projects and a few film projects i am very focused on trying to get my book to tv screens for sure yeah it's built for that so you're just going the back way to your original goal is, is, is I, you know what like. by the way yeah, yeah that was kind of the plan yeah. it was kind of the plan and and, and it was it was sort of 
sort of calculated. Um, so my book is under option at Warner Brothers uh, with Berla- Berlanti, mm. who's sort of the, the best company in TV to be at. And we are we are getting close to taking this thing out. And I'm sort of excited. I'm excited because it's like a 90s New York show is kind of my fantasy mm-hmm. show. And to be able to do it in a world that I sort of loved and was kind of insane. It's it, To me, it's a little just shoot me, sex in the city, Will and mm, Gracie, not I, so much. No, I think I want something a little less sort of half an hour comedy and a little more. Okay. And this is a terribly um, cynical reference because I've never, ever watched the show Suits. So I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's very popular. And I'm sure when I pitch this, I will <laughs> drop the Suits word. It's but sort of like, like Suits. suits suits it's it's kind of like suits but like suits <laughs> with the sort of the sort of like like backstabbing uh uh of succession mm. like succession worked so and and i know chris i know you didn't connect with succession which is fine what a sweet way to put it but the, but the sort of like level of like luxury porn that was on oh yeah screen, yeah yeah and just these like relationships and the conflict and you know the the media business in new york in 90s was was like brutal it was brutal and it was just, you know, everyone was just trying to claw, get people out of the way to get ahead. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it sort of makes great for sort of like dark, fun drama. We need some more of that cuntiness on television nowadays, I say. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, the time is now. The, the It's ripe, I feel like. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's been long enough. It's been I, long I, it, enough. It hasn't been explored. It, it's been, it's, it's been long enough and I don't think it's been explored and you need a sort of like insular little world mm-hmm. to to come into to explore the sort of bigger picture of that moment culturally. Yeah, we we need a comforting universe. The question there we have go. to ask is who's going to play you? You know, if it's up to you, is a lordy too tall? Is a lordy- what do you think? <laughs> I think he's t- I think he's too tall. I think he's too good looking. Um, I think he's too old. I mean, I was like. 20 when i was hired oh okay so this is a we need a 20 year old we gotta find so we gotta find a twin by, we gotta find a twin by the by the way if like a jacob alordi wanted to we do it i'm it like out. yeah he could be he could be 27 you, it's we, fine we could figure it out um i think that's just the way the business we're not works. surprised to hear that yeah <laughs> i think the, the more interesting question is who plays graden and obviously it's not going to be graden it's going to be a Graydon-like character. A Graydon-esque character. So Graydon would be what? He'd be around 35 at the time? In the early 40s. Early 40? 40s. Okay, yeah. early 40s. Okay. Honestly, I think we're going to have to get like a... We're gonna have to get like a serious actor in like a, a wig. Maybe. You know, I don't think that... There's there's no one that like favors him. Yeah. I don't... I mean, what... I, yeah, it's trick. It's tricky because it, it will end up being sort of a composite character because that's yeah sure that's sure, what sure. happens of course. so i guess the question is do you are you going to even make an attempt to make it look like great because like you just mentioned the hair and I like the it, hair think, is I kind of you, iconic you now. can't you can't do the hair as the reality but you could do the the trapping like everything yes. else as long as everything looks like that apartment and that office yes. and uh-huh. shit then i think that kind of I, w- I would love a young bill murray to do that for some reason that's oh yeah be head. Right. I don't oh, know why. yeah he'd be yeah get the hair from kingpin I know Gosling can gain the weight. Maybe we'll see see about Gosling. that. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a great. I mean, that's Brilliant. that's really fun. I mean, that sounds perfect for TV. And I love the way. It's, yeah, I love the way you went, did it this like the way that 
did not make sense to you, but made sense to the industry that you are in, where it's like I have to reverse engineer this. But I think that's a really totally. smart and and and, and yeah, it, yeah, and, and it only took like ten years of my life. So you know. <laughs> sure. Well, that's the thing that that uh, I've learned uh, about television is, and and film is that everything takes a very long time. If everything, yeah, and and then it, and it's funny because once you like once it starts going, it happens really quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's most things don't happen. Yeah, most things yeah. do not happen. Um, and I I made a movie a couple of years ago that happened incredibly fast, like so fast that we were like almost unprepared. Like, oh my god, we got to go make this. And <laughs> um, but but usually it's either like super fast or super slow, and it just takes years and years and then dies basically. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to change the name for TV because most people can't say the word. That's the only issue. I I know I know. Like, uh, we'll I, don't, I don't I really, we'll I don't watch see. foreign films really. I know that word. I know. Oh, not not subtitles. I did I did a, I did a podcast like when when you put a book out, you basically say yes to sure. everything. Like you know, your publishers like all these podcasters want to talk to you, and I did one some woman in the south like there was like eight people it was like instagram live there were literally like seven people on it if that <laughs> mm-hmm. and she introduced me she said he's the author of Deliante, <laughs> and and i was like and i didn't know i didn't know whether i should correct like if i corrected her would she then hate me for correcting her and do i look like an you just asshole? gotta let that one and go so I, I, I think I just let that one go, and I think the whole she was mispronouncing it the whole time. And so, if anyone goes to Amazon, like, how does I how do I spell Diliante? And I, I you know, they're buying like an Italian cookbook by accident. <laughs> good. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds like a type of salsa. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy Diliante. All right, Dana, thank you for joining us on How Long Gone. <laughs> this was, it was a pleasure. Really, really fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. And and Chris, maybe I'll uh, I'll see you at like one of these Christmas parties or something. I know. I, I, I hopefully I'm around. I know. I hopefully yeah. I'm around. Well, the uh, next time I'm in New York, we should we should link up because I've actually never eaten at Odeon. Oh, let's do. Oh, let's really? Do, let me Jason? know when I you're didn't here. Know that. Oh, we got yeah. We got to take you there. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's one. I, I know, I, Dana. I know that you've been many. I mean, I've you know that place like the back of your hand. I remember the Odeon when you could still smoke in the Odeon, which was what? Uh, what's your order? What's your order there? I well, my lunch order is just a salad and a piece of grilled salmon very rare okay kale salad the, the kale i get the kale salad with like yeah. a, a piece of uh of salmon perfect lunch okay. uh mm-hmm. dinner i you know i always go steak free when i'm at a place like that i just can't mm-hmm. help myself i can't yep, help yep, myself yep. um nothing wrong with that and what what to drink uh i used to i used to have lunch at odeon every single day during a particularly like boozy, bad boozy period of my life, mm-hmm. and I would I would sit there and drink a bottle of Sunset with lunch alone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the other person wouldn't be drinking, and I'd be like, oh, glass of wine, <laughs> um, and they would just literally put it on the table when I showed up. Ooh, um, I love that. Now, now I would probably have a glass or two of red. Okay, nice big. Big Bordeaux, maybe. Oh, big Bordeaux. Oh, big Bordeaux. Baby. Or no, an Italian. Big, big Italian. And, I, and then a nice little piece of Nicorette at the end of the meal. <laughs> oh, it's, it the, it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. Oh, that's my get. dessert, baby. Uh, no, but honestly, <laughs> yeah. thank you. It was a pleasure. Um, and we'll definitely, we'll definitely hang. We'll definitely hang soon. A hundred percent. And uh, and yeah, yeah. Odeon when you're here. For sure. Sounds good, Dan. Thank you, guys.